Welcome to the Newport Church Sermon of the Week podcast. Newport Church is a non-denominational, spirit-filled church, part of the Dove International Apostolic Network of Churches and Ministries. We are located between Mannheim and Lidditz in northern Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. We look forward to seeing you. And now, here is today's message. Check. There we go. It's the first time using one of these things, so just bear with me this morning. Um, thanks, Jamie, just for all that great wisdom um, and just providing a little mo- bit of joy and excitement into, into this morning. Um, how is this sounding? Is it sounding, sounding good? Okay. Yeah, so my name's Shane. Uh, my wife and I are the youth pastors here at Newport Church. Woo! Woo! Yeah. Um, we have an awesome group of youth and youth leaders. Um, you can see a lot of them over there. So um, just awesome seeing and being able to lead them as they step out and where God's calling them to step out into. Um, and also, I know I probably don't look much older than some of the youth, but I am almost 27. Um, and the youth kind of keep me young. I was thinking about over the past uh, few weeks, I was like, man, I feel like I'm getting older. Because we were on vacation the other week and I actually burnt the top of my head. So I'm starting to lose a little more hair. Um, but yeah, so this is, uh, I normally do a lot of the speaking at youth groups, so I'm going to need a little more, maybe like, distractions going on. <laughs> um, but at youth group, I thought, yeah, we do a lot of uh, different things at youth group, but we always start out with doing a sweet and a salty. Um, so I feel like we're going to, I want to do that here this morning. So, we're, so I'm going to explain, we're going to get up, you're going to have one minute, you can find somebody, preferably someone close to you, and going to share your sweet of the week and your salty of the week. So something that was, that you enjoy, something that was good would be your sweet, and then something that was salty would be something that was tough or your frustrating throughout the week and just be vulnerable with each other. And so you have 30 seconds, seconds each to share and then we'll go right now and we'll come back and go from there. So go find a buddy. Okay, 30 more seconds, 30 more seconds. All right, if you guys want to start wrapping up your conversations and heading back to your seat, I know it's really easy to talk more and more and more about how your week was going. Um, We'll have plenty of time after the service to continue this conversation. So if you guys want to find your seat, kind of give a little handshake goodbye and uh, head back. We're going to get started here this morning. All right. Oh, one other thing I want to shout out. So I'm a baseball coach for a youth baseball team, and we had a tournament game this morning. And I checked it before I came up here, and we won. Extra innings, 16 to 15. So that means I, we got a game this afternoon. So, 
So I just want to shout them out and say good job to them for battling back. Anyway, none of them will probably even watch this. But uh, So this morning, I just kind of wanted to focus on how just God's desire for us to handle when we walk through uh, difficult times, whether that's a battle, um, struggle, a spiritual struggle, or just trials. How, do, how does God want us to react and respond to that? And how can we view that trial and struggle as an opportunity to grow close, closer with the Lord? Um, and and in, that, in that trial, like God desires us to not be so self-focused on what we're going through, but be more God-focused on how we can grow closer to Him or how, what is He doing through that, that situation. And uh, just as I share here this morning, I don't want to put any, like, I guess, shame on anybody that's going through a journey or a trial. We all go through our own journeys and situations, and um, we're not here to compare where one person's at or where you're at or where I'm at. Like, that's not what God wants us to do. We're all on a, a journey, and God just wants to walk with us and journey with us through that. Um, and so as kind of as we look more into this, we're going to be looking more into 2 Chronicles 20. Um, so you guys can start opening your Bibles there, opening your phones to there. Um, we won't get into that right away, but just so you guys are prepared. Um, so in 2 Chronicles 20, it's always good whenever you go study the Word is to get a little preface of what's actually going on. Because a lot of times you can just dive in and just not actually get the whole story of what's happening and what God is doing. So um, as you guys turn to the chapter 20, just a little bit of backstory about what's going on here. Um, so this is when the Israelites um, had already split apart. So now there's Israel and Judah. And current, the current reigning king of Judah is King Jehoshaphat. Um, that's a really long word to say. So I'm just going to call him KJ. If you guys are all good with me for that. And that's how I have it in my notes. Um, so he, he was, like I said, the reigning king of Judah. And he was a godly king. Or he started out as a godly king. And um, you can read in scripture, it says in 2 Chronicles 17 that the Lord was with KJ, or sorry, the Lord was with King Jehoshaphat because he followed the ways of the Lord. His heart was devoted to the ways of the Lord. Um, and if you continue reading there, you can see the reforms. Sorry, I didn't have that. I didn't give them that, that verse. So, um, But if you continue reading, you can see uh, just King Jehoshaphat started different spiritual reforms and spreading the gospel and the, and the law of the Lord throughout the land and really getting kind of Judah, foc Judah focused rather more on, on God rather than on, on itself and on um, the different things they were walking through. So, um, so I like to say, like, even though King Jehoshaphat was a king, like, he still was a man of God who struggled with evil things, struggled whether that was making alliances or allies with uh, evil kings or not following exactly what the Lord was saying. But um, in times of struggle, struggle and trials, like, he focused specifically on what does God want us to do here? And that's what I want to focus on today um, and focus on how can we praise Jesus in the storm? Not praising, not praising the, the storm, but praising who Jesus is in that storm. Um, so maybe it's better to look at in the storm, praise Jesus. Um, so in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, we're just going to start in verse 1. And we're just going to study the whole chapter. Not going to go through every single verse, but I have different points and, and things we want to look at here. So I'm looking at, just right in the beginning, verse 1 and 2. After this, the Moabites and Ammonites 
when some of the Midianites came to wage war against Jehoshaphat. Some people came and told Jehoshaphat, a vast army is coming against you from Edom, from the other side of the Dead Sea. It is already, already in Hazan Tamar. So just looking at those first two chapters, we see it starts out where it says, after this. So this is after King Jehoshaphat became king and did all those spiritual reforms and started spreading uh, the, the, the law of the Lord to, to all the towns of Judah. So he was doing everything God has commanded commanded him to do. He was doing everything right um, in the eyes of the Lord. And so, like, he's doing everything right, but then this huge army is coming to attack him. And so, first instance, you can go and be like, this is a punish. Why am I being punished for what? I'm doing everything right. Why am I being punished? But if we look at it rather than a punishment, but looking at it as an opportunity to exercise our faith in the Lord. Um, and that's what King Jehoshaphat here, he took this time to exercise his faith um, in this trial. And we'll continue reading. Um, then in verse 3 and 4, it says, Alarm, Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire the Lord. He proclaimed a fast for all of Judah. The people of Judah came together to seek him, to seek, seek help from the Lord. Indeed, they came from every town in Judah to seek him. So this is the first thing. He heard that he was being attacked, and this is the first thing he did. He went right to the Lord and called a fast for the entire nation of Judah. Um, I'm not going not to go into a sermon about fasting. I'll leave that to Brian Souter to kind of talk about that. Um, but just when we fast, the biggest thing that it does is it takes the, the focus off of our own self and own desires and puts a focus on what God is doing in our, and kind of fixes our eyes on his heart. And so that's the biggest thing that I think King Jehoshaphat was to seeking was like, we got to get our eyes focused on the battle that may be happening and focus on, okay, what is God doing right here, right now, and how can we respond to it and be used by him? And two, when we start taking our focus off ourselves and to the Lord, our eyes start to be a little more opened. Um, I know for me, when I go through trials or really anything, I get a lot of just tunnel vision where all I can focus on is that one thing. And I'm so determined to either get it done or so determined to, to have God give me something that I get, I completely forget what's going on around me. I don't get to see what God is doing around me and the blessing that he's doing. And you get so focused on the one specific prayer that you don't see the blessing of the so many other things that he's providing for us. And so I think the biggest, first thing we want to do and focus on is just fix our eyes on the Lord, not on the situation, but on what God is doing. Um, I know a lot of us, um, over the past few years with COVID, like that was a challenge for all of us. Okay, this is a, a worldwide pandemic that's affecting every single person. Okay, what is God going to be doing through that? And how can we be good vessels of what God is going to be doing? Um, and just an example for that in our, in our life, like we were able to buy a house and during COVID and the crazy market of COVID and like we found this house randomly. We got it under market value. Everything just was like, it was the easiest thing. We, well, not the easiest, but it was very easy compared to what I thought it was going to be in this housing market. And like, I mean, a lot of you guys also know our story just with adoption and fertility. And that was like, that was on the forefront of our mind. Like, God, why is it, we have this dream and desire, but why is that not coming true? And we we're so focused on that that we almost missed out on like, hey, God provide us a, a house under what we want, should have paid for it, in an area that we wanted to, and just so many different things that if we would have been focused on just the one desire, we would have missed out on God's blessing. 
Um, so continuing there, um, so verse 5 through 12, um, after he calls um, the fast for all, all of Judah, he then goes on and kind of brings everyone together and kind of does a big prayer to the Lord. And I'm not going to read through the prayer. I didn't give the um, visual team the prayer. But um, if you actually read through the prayer, the first half of the prayer is focused just on how great God is, what God has done in the past. God's kind of who God is is focused on that. And then the second half of the prayer, it gets into saying, okay, this God, this is where we're at. This is what we want. We need your help. So it, it focuses on God first and then comes into the situation that it comes into the situation that we're at. And in verse 12, he finishes off with, our, I don't have this one up there, but our God, will, will you not judge them? For we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are set on you. So right there, God, Jehoshaphat leads the nation of Judah into this prayer and ends it with God. This, this king is coming in humility and saying, God, us leaders do not know what to do. We, we are seeking your help and coming to you. Um, so yeah, just going from fasting together, getting the eyes focused on the Lord, to then coming in humility and saying, God, we, I don't know what to do. Let's, let's figure this out. I'm seeking your help for this time. And so there's another thing that we can do is, is come to the Lord in prayer. And sometimes in the midst of trials, it's hard to figure out how to pray because I feel like, I feel like I've said every single prayer and nothing have ha- has happened. Um, but we went through a uh, discipleship training group with some, uh, some youth here. And each week we had... It was like a discovery Bible study, and each week we had a challenge to do, a prayer challenge. Um, so I'm just going to kind of share just a little bit of what we went through um, and say, like, if you guys are going through a challenge or a struggle, this is an easy way just to be like, I don't know what's coming next, but I'm going to take a stand and just pray to the Lord and pray for God's goodness. And so uh, just a few different things here we can do is, is talk, do uh, talking with God. And so I'm just going to read out of here. Um, so talking with God is an is outward focus. Start with thanksgiving and adoration. Begin with thanking God for anything, where you live, hot water, your family, friends, church, salvation, absolutely anything else. And then do adoration. Adoration is speaking of deep love and respect towards God, his goodness, his faithfulness, and anything that states something about God and his attributes. For example, you are holy, you are faithful, you are righteous, and then continuing, when you adore God, you are naming who he really is. This honors the Lord as we rightly view him. While we adore him, it fills us with confidence at who he is and even changes us to be like him. So there's just one little step where we come to the Lord and we just say, God, thank you so much. You are so holy. You're so powerful. And if you read through uh, King Jehoshaphat's prayer, that's how he started his prayer as well. Uh, the next thing... Um, just another thing we can do here as well. It's just praying scripture. And so this um, entire word here is filled with a lot of scriptures. A lot of scriptures that we can, that we can just read and pray and, and declare over our life. So reading scripture to yourself or out loud, those words become our communication with God. For example, when you feel that you have nothing to say, you can read scripture and use that as a prayer. Another faith, faith builder is remembering, remembering men and women of history who have read and prayed these same words, such as David and Peter and Jesus, and, and the list goes on. So as you're 
reading prayer as scripture, reading scripture as prayer, pick out a favorite portion of scripture and simply read it as prayer. Psalms and Proverbs are a great places to find portions of scriptures that can be read as prayers. And so there, if you don't know what to pray, just open up your Bible, maybe to Psalms or Proverbs, and just start reading, reading through that, and use it, not just, not just reading it, but actually proclaiming it over your life. Um, and then the final, final thing is just being, kind of going what King Jehoshaphat was doing, is ending in like a, a petition for just surrendering your heart to God, and say, God, I need you in this time. Um, so a petition, pr- petition prayer is asking God for his intervention in a situation, his help, his help with an area of need. So choose a situation in your life to pray for and make notes throughout the day and use those, while, use those later in the day when you go to pray. And so we kind of we see in King Jehoshaphat's prayer, he focuses on the Lord, then he focuses kind of on the situation and then ask God to come and intervene for his situation. So just kind of example of that, would be just a prayer that I could say just for our, um, our journey with adoption. Just be like, God, you have all the power and authority over my life and over our life, and we honor and respect you. And God, I just ask just for your wisdom and strength as we walk through this journey. Just ask for your peace to be among us. And God, we thank you that you're always journeying with us. And then I could go to Psalms 23, and as I say, the Lord, you are my shepherd, and I lack nothing. You make me lie down in green pastures, and you lead me beside quiet waters. You refresh my soul, and you guide me along the right paths. Even though I walk through the darkest valleys, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and your strength, you comfort me. Thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray, amen. So there's just a simple 30-second um, thing, and all that basically came right out of Scripture. And so I challenge you, I also encourage you guys just to come before the Lord, pour your Bible, and maybe just go to Psalms. Just thank God for who he has been, who he shows you to be. Not focus on the situation, but focus on who God is. Um, and, come, and come to him in humility and surrender. And I think through that, we might begin to see the opportunity that we have to grow closer with the Lord in the trial that we're going through. Okay, moving on to verse 15 now. Um, so this is, so they had just finished the prayer, and um, they had a large group of people there, and, and the Spirit of the Lord came over one of the men there, and starting in verse 15, the man says, Listen, King Jehoshaphat, and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours but God's. Tomorrow, march down against them. They will be climbing up by the passages, and you will find them at the end of the gorge, in the desert of Jerul. So I'm going to stop it right there and be like, okay, if they heard that, be like, yes, God spoke. He, he spoke to us. We're going to go out into battle. We're going, we're going to know where they're at. We're going to find them. We're going to defeat them. Like they're almost jumping ahead. They got so excited. If you, if you stop it right there, you get so excited to hear God's voice that maybe sometimes you don't actually stay to hear the full instruction. Um, and we get focused on, oh, we heard God's voice. Now, what can I go to do to fulfill God's voice? What can I go to fulfill the obedience that God told me to do? Um, but God calls us to stay focused on what God can do, not focus on what we can do. And if we, fought, if we continue on to verse 17, so this is in the same kind of dialogue that, that this man is sharing. 
In verse 17, you will not have to fight this battle. Take up your positions and stand firm and see the deliverance the Lord will give you, Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out and face them tomorrow and the Lord will be with you. And so if they would have stopped right, right in the middle and just got excited that they heard the voice of the Lord and just went out and did it, they would have missed out on what God was actually calling them to do. And that was, you don't even have to fight this battle. You just come to me and I'm going to fight and defeat the enemy for, your, for you. And two, the Spirit of the Lord, when um, that guy was sharing just what God put on his heart, he starts off by saying, do not be afraid or discouraged. And then he also finishes by, do not be afraid or discouraged. And so um, a lot of the times if in Scripture or just in life, if you want someone to really understand something, you start out with it and then you circle back to it at the, at the end. So I think this is the biggest thing that they wanted the Lord wanted them to know, do not be afraid or discouraged, and then went on to give specific kind of intel on how to, how to do certain things. And, um, and two, we see this multiple times in Scripture where God's telling either Joshua or uh, the Israelites, do not be afraid or discouraged, and repeating it, repeating it, repeating it. Um, I think that's the biggest like, stronghold that the devil can really grab onto quickly is our thoughts and how we feel and that's God saying, pounding the point, do not be afraid or discouraged. So the Lord speaking to you about a situation, just remember, do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord your God is with you and fighting for you. And then he continue on. Let's go back to verse 17. It says, you will not have to fight this battle. Take your position, stand firm, and see the deliverance of the Lord. So God was giving Judah specific instructions on how to go through this battle. And it was... I don't know, it sounds like easy instructions, but it's almost like if we were in that situation, it's almost harder just to sit back and not do anything than it is to, to go out and, and uh, fight this battle. But if you're actually kind of looking back into, back into when the Israelites were leaving Egypt, Jesus kind of, or not Jesus, God said this same, very similar thing through Moses. And two, he gave in it through verse 17, he was given instruction uh, to Judah, but I think he was also reminding him, I'm the same God that led the Israelites out of Egypt. And so if we go to um, Exodus chapter 14, they'll have it up on the screen. Um, in verse 13, it says, again, do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians will see you today. The Egyptians you see today, when you will never see again. The Lord will fight for you. You only need to be still. And so that same word that um, the Lord gave to the ancestors as they were, or their, Judah's ancestors as they were leading Egypt is the same word that they, he gave to them in this moment. So it was almost like, I feel like just a, a peaceful, like, oh, is it, yeah, he's the same God. What, the same God that led the Israelites out of, out of Egypt is going to be the same God that lead us to victory in this fight. And so there's a lot of times where God might pinpoint certain things in our lives that really um, that really remind us of God's faithfulness and God's um, just joy over us and saying like, hey, this is, this is where I have you at. I'm still here. I'm still the same God. No matter the situation you're in, I'm still the same God. And the biggest, as I was thinking about this, the biggest thing with this, um, our journey with adoption is, is so many different changes and ups and downs. But the one thing, like when we first kind of shared our story, opened up, and said, we're going to adopt. We started a fundraiser, and Sierra and I really didn't do any work, and it was just like money 
people just started donating, donating, donating. In a matter of months, we had hit our goal of what we needed, wanted to fundraise. And so even in those hard times of, are we ever going ever gonna to be parents? Are we ever going to have the opportunity to, um, to love a child and, and kind of bring a child in, into, into this world or whatever it is? So I, can, I would go back to that and be like, okay, why would God allow us to raise all this money for nothing? And kind of stand on that foundation, even though it was something little, even though I wasn't seeing God working in the way I wanted him to, I could go back to that, that foundation, that, that answer to prayer, and kind of stand on that. And so I encourage you guys to think about different areas in your life that, um, that God really spoke to you and brought revelation to you and stand on that during hard times and, and times of trouble. So going back to Second um, Chronicles here in chapter 20. We're going to be looking at verse 18 now. There we go. Um, so after, after, after um, this guy kind of shared the word from the Lord, in verse 18, this is what King Jehoshaphat did. Jehoshaphat bowed down with his face to the ground, and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem fell in worship before the Lord. And then some of the Levites from Koholatites and Koharahites stood up and praised the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud voice. So again, they, um, if we kind of recap quick, they were told they were being attacked. Jehoshaphat went right to the Lord um, through fasting and prayer. And then when, he, when they heard the voice of the Lord, they listened to it fully. And then after hearing the voice of the Lord, they praised God right away. They didn't go out and follow it completely, or go out and follow it right away, but they took time to worship and praise God for, for his voice and for speaking to us. And sometimes, again, we get so excited to hear God's voice that we forget to just show our praise and adoration for God just speaking to us. Um, I think it's something that I can apply and encourage you guys to apply too, that when we hear God's voice, just uh, have a thankful heart, just saying, God, thanks, thanks for speaking to me. Worship and praise him and stay in that mentality of, of the God focus, rather than focus on what I can do to accomplish God's word, what can God do to accomplish his word through me? Um, and then continue in verse 21. And so this is the next day when they actually go out and fight, are going out to fight the battle. It says, after consulting the, pe- consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appeared or appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness as they went out. Sorry, I'm going to to praise him for the splendor of his holiness as they went out at the head of the army, saying, give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. So a little, little note, I don't know, Matt and I didn't talk at all, but that was one of the verses, uh, Psalms 106, which that verse comes from, was actually one of the verses for our tithes and offering this morning. So that was cool just to kind of have that combination. But um, so after, so they got done hearing the voice of the Lord, they, were, they praised him and now they're responding to it. And even in the response to it, they're walking in praise and giving thanks to the Lord. So the entire time up, up to now, they're still praising the Lord. They still haven't even started the battle. They haven't won the battle. They haven't even seen the battle. They haven't seen anything. But they're still walking in the faith of the Lord. And, and their battle song is saying, give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. So there may be some of you guys out there who go through battles and you find like a battle song or a battle verse or... Um, Something that you can really hold on to. And so I'm just going to read just one of, my, one of my battle songs that I like to stick to. 
It's in Psalms 105, um, starting in verse 4. I'm just going to read this. I don't think it's going to be up on the screen. But it says, Look to the Lord and his strength. Seek his faith, face always. Remember the wonders he has done, his miracles, and the judgments, judgments he pronounced. You, his servants, the descendants of Abraham, his chosen one, the children of Jacob, he is the Lord our God. His judgment, judgments are in all the earth. He remembers his covenant forever, the promise he made for the thousand generations, the covenant he made with Abraham and the oath he swore to Isaac. So as I read that, I'm just reminded that the same covenant that God made with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob thousands and thousands of generations ago is the same covenant that he has made with me now. And so if he didn't fail, if he didn't fail back then, or even up to now, why would he fail in my situation? Why would he fail right now? So standing on that, okay, I don't see God working right now, but I know and I've seen God work in the past, and he's not going to fail me now. He's not going to leave me now based on just what a little, uh, well, I might see it as a big trial, uh, but him is something little, but he's not going to leave me just because of some things I'm going through. Um, but walking out, in that continued just praise and adoration for the Lord, again, is like something that is much harder to do than actually going out and just fighting the battle yourself. And, but in that, there's so much, um, try and say it, there's just so much more joy when we are able to just let go and let God do what he can do. Um, so it's really, really hard. I, I'm a person who likes to do it my way or no way at all. Uh, so it's really hard to let, to let go and be like, okay, God, you do what you want. And sometimes I don't even, God doesn't even say what he's going to do. It's, and that's even harder. But just standing on, just standing on that, um, praising God, keeping our eyes focused on the Lord rather than focus on our own self or our own situation. Um, yeah, I think too, just a little note here, that it's not about how we feel about ourselves or how we feel about our situation, but it's about how God feels about us. And that's, who, that's what we praise and worship, about how God feels about us and not the situation that we're in. So continuing in verse uh, 22 then in Second Chronicles. So, says, as they, so this is, they're still marching to the battle. They're still praising the Lord. In verse 22, as they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushes against the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, who were invading Judah, Judah, and they were defeated. And so as they worshiped, they worshiped in the beginning, they worshiped during when God was speaking, and they're worshiping now. And God is still kind of defeating, defeating the battle. But the cool thing I thought about this is that they didn't even get to see the battle. Like they didn't even get to see God defeating the battle. They were just marking, marching and praising and just saying, we're going to give our praise and adoration to the Lord and we'll see what happens. And that's had to be really hard to do because they might have came up over the hill and they just had to trust that everything was going to be taken care of. And sometimes we need to just focus on, like, we worship and praise. God is the one who fights. And through, through our praise and through our adoration for the Lord, we acknowledge the authority of God has over our life and over the devil in our lives. And Roman, Romans, Paul says, he's giving the final instruction uh, to Rome, and he says, The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. May the grace of God, may the grace of Lord Jesus be with you. And so it says, we'll soon, we'll soon crush, 
Satan under our feet. Well, what is soon? Is it tomorrow? Is it next week? Is it next year? Is it next generation? We don't, we don't know, but we're standing firm that Jesus is going to crush Satan under his feet. And we're just trusting that God's timing is, is the right timing. And with pray, praise and prayer, like that is our battle weapon. We don't, it is, people talk about picking up your daily sword and fighting the devil, and that's, that's good. But I think we also got to remember just to our, keep our eyes focused on the Lord and keep our eyes off of our situation, like I said before, and off, his, off of ourselves and focus on what God is doing in the situation that we're in. And two, the way that we, the way that we respond in a situation or a trial may be, the te- maybe may lead someone to Christ in a different situation. Um, like your your response may be the answer that a grandmother was praying. So a grandmother was sorry. I'm rambling on about this, but I feel it's a really big, really big point. So for example, a grandmother is praying for their grandson to 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 seek the Lord, to really follow after the Lord, and nothing's happening. Nothing's happening. And then this grandson sees how you responds in the midst of trials and chaos and battles, and that like sparks something in there. Say, I want to walk and journey like that. And right there, that, that's the answer to prayer that that grandmother was praying. So it wasn't anything that you did. You didn't share the gospel with them. You didn't go and have the 10-step the program on how to be a Christian. You just walked out your faith and walked out praising and worshiping the Lord in the midst of trials. And that's going to be the start of somebody's testimony. Um, and then continuing in verse 24, it says, When the men of Judah came to the place that overlooks the desert and looked towards the vast army. They only saw dead bodies lying on the ground and no one has escaped. Like they didn't even have to fight. And this is exactly what God told them that they were not going to have to fight at all, that he would do the, that he would do the fight. They just had to not get in the way. <laughs> um, but then if we look, if we, we read through that, we're like, oh, that's great. That's great. Then we go back to Exodus 14 again, where we were at earlier talking about, um, shoot, I just lost my spot. And they're talking about the Israelites being led out of Egypt and how Moses um, shared with them and, and spoke to them about do not be afraid and standing firm. So that's what that, when we look at King Jehoshaphat, this story here in Second Chronicles, when the man of God was sharing about what they were supposed to do, how they're supposed to stand firm and not fight. We can look back like we did earlier and read that in Exodus 14 about them leading, uh, Moses leading them out of, out of Egypt. And then up to this point, when they said they only saw dead bodies on the ground, we can go back to that same kind of situation when they crossed over the Red Sea. And then in Exodus 14, starting at 28, it says, the water flowed back and covered the chariots and horsemen. The entire army of Pharaoh that followed the Israelites into the sea, not one of them survived. But the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with a wall of water on their right and on their left. That day, the Lord saved Israel from the hands of Egypt, and Israel saw the Egyptians lying dead on the shore. And so that same, when we fast forward to the King Jehoshaphat's story, they kind of came up to the overlook, and they didn't see a single enemy alive. And so Jesus defeated it completely. And then we look back in Exodus, and that same thing happened when they were leading Israelites for being led out of Egypt. And so, again, just pounding that point, I, God wants to pound that point to, to Judah, saying, hey, I'm the same God that I was then. I'm the same God now. I'm going to be the same God in the future. 
And two, like, it's awesome to be able to walk out to an overlook and, like, I can only imagine they're probably, like, tiptoeing, like, okay, this is what we're going to do. And then you get to the overlook and you just see the entire enemy just completely, completely gone, just completely uh, destroyed on the ground. And, like, if I, to be honest, that's what we all want. We just want to look over the overlook and it's, our enemy's completely done. But God challenged me, like, we all want, so that's in verse 23, we all want verse 23, but are we willing to go through verse 1 through 23 to get there? Are we willing to, to say, give all our praise and glory to the Lord, even when we don't see the reward, even though we don't see the blessing? Like, we don't see his promises fulfilled. We don't see what God's doing. Are we willing to trust in the Lord so that we get to see that his promises fulfilled in our lives? And I challenge you guys, and I challenge myself too as I was preparing for this, is, Okay, how can I, I want verse 24. I want to be the one that trusts in the Lord and just sees my enemy defeated. But am I willing to go through that entire process of trust, 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 praise, 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 trust, trust, trust? Am I willing to do that to get there? And then ending here, I'm going back to 2 Chronicles Verse 25 and 26 says, So Jehoshaphat and his men went to carry off their plunder. They found among them a great amount of equipment and clothing and also articles of value, more than they could take away. There was so much plunder that it took three days to collect it. On the fourth day, they assembled in the valley of Baraka where they praised the Lord. This is why it's called the valley of Baraka to this day. So God fought the battle for Judah, but then Judah got to go collect all the plunder. And God just received all the praise. So even though it may feel like, like, yeah, trusting in the Lord may be difficult. Like there's going to be blessings upon blessings when we fully trust in him. And we're going to get to collect that, that plunder, that reward, um, whether it's just winning, winning the battle or our eternal reward of spending um, eternity in heaven. We get to collect that reward and God just gets to receive our praise and our, our adoration and, and our glory. And to that, that battlefield, before they sought the Lord, that battlefield was supposed to be most likely an area of defeat. But when God came in and defeated, it became an area of praise and victory. And I believe that God wants to take areas that you may feel like are areas of defeat in your life and declare and take them into areas of victory and freedom. And that's what God wants to do. That's what he's done in scripture, that's what we've done with King Jehoshaphat. He's done that in my life, and he wants to do that in your life too. And you're not, you haven't missed out on what God is doing. Like you may feel like, I don't know if you're lost or where you guys are at in your journey, but God can still use you. You're not being looked over. You're not being looked over because of your situation or what you're going through. But God wants to take your heart right now and take those areas of defeat and make them areas of victory. And, and he wants to stomp over the devil with you. And in verse 27, then there's just the last verse here finishing up. It says, then, then led by Jehoshaphat, all the men of Judah and Jerusalem returned joyfully to Jerusalem. For the Lord had given them cause to rejoice over their enemies. They entered Jerusalem and went to the temple of the Lord with harps and lyres and trumpets. The fear of the Lord, the fear of God came on all the surrounding kingdoms when they heard how the Lord had fought against the enemies of Israel. And the kingdom of Jehoshaphat was at peace for his God had given them rest on every side. And so, okay, we're going to look back at the whole story again. 
They praise in the beginning. They praise in the middle. They praise in the midst of the battle. They praise after they won the battle. Like they're, they praised, praised, praised. Like just continue that praise. That takes a lot more work, I think, than actually going out and trying to do the battle ourselves. But there's going to be a much bigger reward when we sit down or stand up and just praise the Lord and declare his goodness rather than going out and doing it ourselves. And staying focused on what the, what the Lord starts, the enemy cannot stop. And keeping our eyes, again, focused on what God is doing and who God is rather than focus on how you feel today or how, how you feel like God is treating you in this situation. Um, so I'm going to ask the worship team if you guys want to start, well, whatever you want, Jen. <laughs> uh, just start making your way up. So like I said before, the way that we respond to trials and tribulations can be the testimony, the starting of a testimony of someone else. Your, your actions can lead others to Jesus. A lot of times we get so focused on sharing the gospel, which all these are good things, sharing the gospel, making sure everybody knows that they're loved and valued and bringing them to church and bringing them to a small group. Like they, those are all positive things. But to our, our actions and the way you respond to the trials, the way you respond to chaos can be the thing that somebody needs to get their eyes on the Lord, to really experience God for the first time. And two, God is focused on the big picture. And the big picture to us, we don't, I don't know if we can even see, view things in a big picture, but to God, the big picture for him is just seeing his kingdom come to this earth, his kingdom be glorified, and each person experiencing God for God, who God is and who he called us to be. And to like God is focused on winning and losing, but it's really, he's really not focused on us. He's not focused on winning or losing, but he's focused on how can my kingdom be spread throughout the, or throughout the world, throughout our communities, throughout our nation. And when we focus on that, when we get our, our heart focused on what God is doing, we get our eyes focused on what God is doing, every situation that we walk through it's going to be walking with the Lord. And I want to walk with the Lord. I know the Lord wants to walk with you. And so, just kind of recapping what God, what, what God was speaking through this story and speaking just through the journey of King Jehoshaphat and Judah is that through every situation, we are to praise the Lord. Not praise Him for the situation that we're in, but just praise Him because He is good. Even when we don't see it, we believe that he is good. Even when we don't feel it, we believe that he is all powerful, that he is all authority over this earth, and he has just so much love for us. And we're not praising the storm, but we're praising God in the storm. We don't praise the situation that we're in, but we praise what God's going to be able to do through that situation. God's goal is for us to just to be in relationship with him. It's not about seeing us raised to the top of the podium or seeing us raised to the most popular kid in high school or a popular person at your work. Like God, God wants us to have joy, but he wants us, more importantly, to be in a relationship with him and find that joy in him. And...
again, I'm gonna, like I said in the beginning, I don't know where you guys are at in your journey. I don't know um, what your background or what your child or where you're at, but I know that I know who God is. I know who God calls each and every one of us to be in. He's calls each and every one of us to be in his family, to be his kids. And I want to encourage you guys just to we'll continue on a little bit more and uh, just with Jen here playing, but really just focus our, our hearts on the Lord and focus on, okay, the situation that I'm in, I'm not going to allow the situation that I'm in control how I view my God. I'm not going to allow the, the trials that I go through to control what my thoughts are. I'm not going to allow the trials that I go through to control what I allow myself to think about the Lord, but just allowing and giving authority to the Lord. And it's really hard. It's really hard to go through a daily surrender of saying, God, this is my dream. This is my desire. This is what I want. Why is it not happening? But just that daily surrender, just like, just like Judah did, just saying, giving thanks to the Lord and, and declaring that your love endures forever. And just believing that the same God that helped, that made the covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob the same God that led Judah to this victory in 2 Chronicles, the same God that we've seen do miraculous work in our region. Like, why would he fail me? Why would, why would God just not, not work in me? Why would he just forget about me? Because he won't. He's a faithful God. He's a good God. He's a true God. And he's going to stay faithful and true. And, and we, don't know when, we don't know what the situations are going to come about in life. And we don't know how God is going to work in those situations, but we know, we know who God is and that He's a faithful and a good God. So I just want to share just a little bit. So when I was 17 years old, my brother, my brother passed away and it was a really tough time for our family and just, I mean, there was a lot of people praying and believing. Well, I was praying, believing, we were praying, believing just for healing. My brother eventually passed away from cancer and it's like, what the heck? And just through the entire journey, like looking back on it now, I'm not, I'm not ever going to be thankful for the journey that we went through, but I'm thankful for, for how God worked in the journey that we went through. And just how he spoke to myself and my entire family and walked with us. And like all of us are still following the Lord with our hearts. And so in the journey that you guys may be in, a trial that you may be in, or a trial that you know that your family's in or friends are in, keep pushing forward, keep pressing on, keep just believing. Because once, once we get out of this trial, 
once you overcome this with the Lord, once God kind of takes your heart and really grabs a hold of it and declares victory in your life, you're going to look back and, and be like, wow, this is awesome. Like to see where, to see where I'm at now, this is, this is what I want. We want the verse 24. We want to walk on top of that mountain and see our, our enemy defeated. But it starts right now with declaring praise and declaring victory and declaring adoration to the Lord. Our goal can be verse 24, but our mentality for our day, every single day, should be verse 1 through 23. Praising and, ador- and, praising and giving glory and adoration to the Lord. So if you guys want to stand quick, we're just going to um, just take a few moments here just to kind of rest our spirits, rest our hearts, rest our eyes. Um, not sleeping, rest your eyes, but <laughs> close your eyes. Um, and just say, God, in the situation that I'm in, how can I get my eyes focused on you? How can I praise you? And praise doesn't have to be singing and worshiping every single day. Praise can be dancing in joy. Praise can be um, sharing kind of where you're at, sharing God's goodness to, to a friend or a coworker. There's different ways that we can always praise the Lord. Um, and it, So I ask God just, in this situation, how can I praise you? How can I get my eyes to stay focused, not on what my circumstance is or what my selfish desires are, but how can I get my eyes focused on what you want to do through the situation? So we're just going to take a few minutes just to really rest, rest our hearts in what Jesus wants to speak to us through. And prayer ministers, you guys can um, come forward as well. So if there's anyone that, that is here that um, God really kind of grabbed your heart and you were just like, I want more, I want something different, I want, I want to have my eyes set on you. We'll have some people up here that, will, that would love to, to pray with you and talk with you and, and just hear, hear your story and hear where you're at and just stand with you and declare God's goodness over your life. Thanks for listening today. We would like to invite you back to our services starting at 9.30 a.m. on Sunday mornings. For more great content from Newport Church, check out newportchurch.net or visit our YouTube channel. To get the right one, search for Newport Church in Elm, PA.